0: Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to my Headshot Photography podcast today. I'm super excited because my guest is amazing photographer, also educator, um, Eli Infante. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for saying yes. We've been kind of going back and forth to, to make this work. I know you're a super busy guy um, and um, yeah, I really appreciated your time because I have a lot of questions to you about... Your photography, because um, we've talked a little bit before, and uh, as I said, I'm really inspired by what you do. Your photography is outstanding and really amazing. Um, As I said, I've been following your work. I try to learn from you as well, because you've been sharing all your tips and tricks, and um, you're really... Um I have to say open to sharing your knowledge because it okay. seems like this is something that not too many photographers wanna do these days, and as soon as they will figure something out, they will okay, this is mine, nobody's gonna even touch this, but you are on the action on the other team that you're sharing you you are helping others so um that's that's what actually also draws me to you know those type of people. Because we make this industry better and then we help other photographers to, to grow. So thank you so much for joining. And uh, I'm going to start with like a really simple question. If you could just tell me a little bit about yourself and how did you get into photography? Like what makes you like, okay, I want to be a photographer. I know some, for some people is a process that takes time switching from, you know, kind of having a camera and deciding, okay, I want to be a pro, I want to dedicate it, you know, pretty much my life into this, because that's the kind of only way to be successful in, in this department. I in, in, This is actually, my, well, it's my opinion, but I think you have to put a lot of, a lot of work and a lot of years to mm-hmm. see some results. Yeah, but tell me a little bit your story. How did you get into photography? What's your background? And um, yeah, and also one more question I want to ask you, like with that, why did you choose portrait photography? Quite this genre of, of, of photography? Got you.
1: Well, first and foremost, well, thank you so much, Rafak, for having me on the podcast. super excited to be here. Um, you've been a huge inspiration for me, man. Your headshots are, like, stunning, man. Thank you. I, I need to learn from you. I know we were talking about it before, but after this, we need to talk because like yes. headshots are amazing. Uh, but thank going back to how I got into photography, I'm going to do, like, a quick little kind of description. Uh, basically, my senior year in high school, I took a multimedia class where I learned Photoshop, video editing, and that's what I first started with, with Photoshop, because in my senior year, my teacher, Mr. Jet, really inspired me. I got really into Photoshop. So my early stages was me just photographing a bunch of textures, anything around my house, just photographing it, photo manipulation, just going bonkers with everything. My background is graphic design. So I went to school for graphic design, and so there's very a lot of similarities between photography and graphic design mm-hmm. when it comes to, to composition. And so my background is graphic design. And then when I got hired as a teacher, because oh, I wow. a full-time teacher, I teach photography and I teach video in high school. I've been doing that for the past 11 years. So when I got hired in 2011, one of the classes that I was going to be teaching was photography. I was teaching graphic design and video. And when I got hired, I got asked to photograph the basketball teams, the faculty, and students. Mm-hmm. So I soon had to start learning how to do off-camera flash. I was doing natural light, and I started off with Alien Bees. Had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> well, started like started most of sunlight. us. <laughs> and then But ten years ago, there was no resources like YouTube. No. Everything was kind like you said. You know, everything was hidden. Like no, nobody was sharing yeah. stuff. I think now it's so much easier to learn off-camera flash and photography, but. Yeah, it was mysterious for
0: for most of us.
1: Yes, yes, it was, and you, you had to learn from these books. And you know, for me, when it comes to learning, like off-camera flash books was it was so much of a struggle compared to what it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so I started photographing 2011, started getting into portraits, started getting addicted to it, and it wasn't until like 2016, 2015 is when I started to pursue more of the portrait photography, doing my own style, getting into high-speed sync, off-camera flash. And so I kind of just streamlined from there mm-hmm. and even now I'm really concentrating in the studio. Uh, I have a bunch of work. <laughs> I've been so busy. <laughs> that i I'm like five shoots behind. I have a lot of awesome uh, studio stuff that I haven't shared yet, Okay. Um, so I'm slowly transitioning into the studio now. So kind of getting a nice blend between off-camera, flash, outdoors, but now slowly going into the studio. Mm-hmm
0: well you guys have a nice weather there right so that's that's also kind of bonus because i have in calgary we have pretty much eight months of winter so that's why i have to shift my shot photography into like indoors because there's no way i could shoot where it's like minus 40 celsius outside because you know it's it's not pleasant your body is just dying without minutes Um, So, yeah, but that's, you know what, interesting what you have said, because most, I think, maybe not most, but a lot of photographers starts with photography and they kind of get into photoshop that was my at least experience Mm -hmm. and was a huge struggle like for me photoshop and all this stuff well now i think it's better but the beginning was extremely like lighting i think you're just getting into something which is completely like dark room and you have no idea where to start so having said that um and that's going to be my following question um you, you kind of partially answered this whole thing but how your photography evolve over the years? Like, what was the biggest change you've seen um, over the years, and how you can, like, say, compare what you were doing? I don't know because you seem like you have l- many, many years under the belt. What is the biggest change you've seen over over the years? Is the gear? Is the the lighting? <sighs> is the posing? Is just the, just general everything? How does whole thing evolve in your case?
1: That's that's a fantastic question because you look at my work two or three years from now, it was, I was kind of stuck in this whole phase or this mindset of I'm going to do high-speed sync. I'm going to go outdoors. I'm going to blur out the backgrounds. I'm going to look for a dramatic sky expose for that sky and just add the off-camera flash. Mm -hmm. And I soon realized that, yes, I love that look and I'm always going to do that. But I always felt like, okay, what else is there? There has to be more out there than just doing the same thing over and over again. Cause for me, I, I like to challenge myself, even though it can be very, very uncomfortable because you get very comfortable with maybe a certain look that you have. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're afraid of trying something different because I think we can all relate to this. When you first start you know, photographing, you kind of create a certain look that you, you like. I'm mm-hmm. oh, sorry, I, I'm frozen on the screen. Now. Yes. I wasn't sure if it... If it um, but it's okay, don't worry. Um, but basically, I, I found that Going into the studio completely changed the way I approached my work. I thought I was like, oh, man, I know off-camera flash so well. But once I got in the studio, you know, man, I, I look at my early stages of when I was in the studio. I had no idea what I was doing. You know, the studio is so different because your styling, your makeup, your hair, your background, everything matters. But when you're outdoors, you can find a pretty location, use off-camera flash. That's great. But in the studio, it's had to really challenge my brain. And I had to get really comfortable Mm -hmm. starting as a beginner all over again and being okay to post work that maybe wasn't up to my standard. Um, And I had this conversation with Jay Kicks, who's one of my favorite photographers, does color gels. And he told me something that uh, really opened up my eyes. And he said, my grandma (laughs) Mm -hmm. could take a great picture with soft light. Mm -hmm. And he said, find a photographer. They can use hard light, and that's going to really show you their skill set. So lately, I've been working also with hard light. Mm-hmm. So me, at the beginning, I was always just soft light, soft light, soft light. But now that I'm getting into hard light, it's like, man, my brain is confused. It's, it, it's really like trying to figure out what's going on here. Like the way I used to think was hard light was a bad thing. And slowly, my brain, after shooting with it for about two months, I'm starting to walk around now. And I start to see little pockets of beautiful hard light now. And opposed to looking for the shade all the time, now I'm looking at hard light. So it's just kind of training your brain of looking at things a lot differently. So mm-hmm. yeah. Man. So you're still frozen here. Let me see. I'm gonna stop video and I'm gonna I'm gonna begin okay. It again. Okay. Sure. And it should it should fix. There we go
0: there you go perfect um you know what everything which you have said it's it's i think we all go through similar processes right because my background and i don't want to jump into this but i was shooting weddings and mm-hmm. i thought i got really good at it at some point but then when i switch into portrait and headshots as you said like it's just a completely different kind of you know. I don't know completely different game and I was Mm -hmm. completely like I just had no idea about photography at all. Like I had to start from the scratch. I have to learn lighting Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. But I think Mm -hmm. it's it's um also interesting that people think like, oh if you're good at certain genre of photography, you must be good at everything, right? But that's not true. It's Mm -hmm. completely um different story and I think you know like you need to really push yourself and challenge yourself and then, you know, try things which you never have tried before. And I think this is Absolutely. something where people get comfortable. That's the worst thing for photographer, right? That,
1: that, that's that's exactly what I was going to say. Like you get comfortable with a certain look and you don't want to branch out because then you become a beginner all over again. Mm-hmm. And nobody Absolutely. wants to be feel like a beginner. Nobody wants yes. to put in that hard work of learning something like, hey, I want to learn hard light yeah. or, hey, I want to learn colored gels. Like that's another thing that I've been incorporating a lot in my work it's colored gels and it's this long process. And I think right now everybody thinks everybody just wants to learn everything quick. Yes. And there's a process to, to you have to make mistakes. You have to have some failures. You wouldn't believe that how many shoots that I've set up that have been compute failures, but because I went out there and I failed, it's engraved in my brain. Of, okay. Never do that again. This is why it didn't work. So now when I go into the next shoot, I already know this formula and these steps of what's going to work. So
0: Perfect. So let's talk gear. Uh, I, you know, like everyone who knows, and I think when you, when you reach certain level, I'm not saying the gear is not important because I, mm-hmm. I, I know people always kind of tell me that I'm kind of against new gear. I, I like to have stuff <laughs> which are, um you know kind of i feel comfortable with um i'm not really kind of mm-hmm. this geek who is trying to you know get hands on everything What's just coming out i like to kind of take a little bit of pause and wait um but so tell me a little bit about your gear what's your you know favorite i would say what's your favorite equipment what's kind of makes your style of photography like what would be the one thing which in your opinion, is just like okay this is one piece of equipment which really kind of helps me to kind of create my style of photography
1: so it would have to be any 35 millimeter prime lens specifically okay. if you want a specific 35 millimeter 1.2 I love being able to show off the location but also mm-hmm. just get that subtle blur um, that's for my off-camera flash work outdoors and then if you're looking at lighting my favorite light is the Westcott FJ400 it's okay do it all strobe that I you know love using and then using the Sony a7 III if I'm outdoors. If I'm shooting in the studio, love, 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 love my Canon R5 mm-hmm. with the 24-105 to 105 lens, F4. Oh, man, that lens is beautiful. I think I'm going to make a video about it. Okay. Being able to just zoom in and zoom out, it's fantastic. Um, and then I love tethering. I have the, the Cam mm-hmm. Ranger. I love tethering to my iPad. Okay. And I love that when I'm in the studio. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay, so let's... Kind of switch the gears a little bit,
0: um, and I want to talk about a little bit about your experiences with photography. So, could you share with 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 us like a story which kind of changed your life, but is also related to photography? It's anything happened over the last I don't know decade, shooting or you know doing any projects which really had a huge impact on on your life had an impact on on you know like the way you think just kind of change your life a little bit
1: I would say that when I was in college I was taking a film photography class mm-hmm. and I was working at a restaurant Texas Roadhouse and at that time I wasn't making a lot of money you know I already had enough money to pay for my car but there was this couple that would always come in and eat every Friday morning mm-hmm. right at eleven o'clock. It's the same couple always come in and I always worked that shift. And I would always see them, you know, get, you know, sat with a different server and, hmm. until eventually one day they got sat with me. And it ended up that that gentleman was a doctor or a retired doctor, mm-hmm. but he had a passion for photography. And we got through you know, this conversation of, of photography. And so I was telling him, oh, I'm in this film class. And so he was like a huge fan of photography. He had even had a dark room in his house, so every Friday he would come and ask, and come and sit with me, and so we would talk about how the class was going, and all that. Fast forward, the next semester, I'm about to take the digital photography class. I can't afford a camera. I'm all over here, like, panicking, like, how am I going to have a camera to participate in this class? And so, he invites me to come to his house, and I thought that was kind of random, you know, it's kind of like, oh, man, like you know, it's cool that, you know, We talked, but I was like, you know what? He's he's a very nice guy. I was like, I'll go over. And he gives me his address, and I go over to his house, and he hands me this box. And it's this uh, box with a Nikon D100, and it's one of the DSLRs that he used to use when he was first learning photography. And I still have that camera until this day. It's the camera that means the most to me. But that was the first camera where I learned digital photography, aperture, shutter speed. Mm -hmm. And man, the viewfinder was so small, or the back of the camera was so small. It was like 10 megapixels. But I love that camera. But it just taught me how to be humble. And so I've been teaching for the past 11 years. And a lot of my old equipment, I give away to my students. So Mm -hmm. I had an A6600. I have a student that wants to pursue pursue, uh, photography in college obviously she doesn't have enough money to to take pictures i ended up upgrading to the a6600 and i gave her my old a6500 and i was like you know i just gave it to her i was like here i want you to have this camera i don't want you to have an excuse of like hey you know i can't take pictures or whatever so i was like this is your camera you can keep it and so right now she's a senior and she's doing yearbook photos she's the uh, the top editor she's the one that's in control of the yearbook and so she has that camera with her all the time and so that camera, so going back to the story, is had that gentleman not given me that camera, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have been, you know, where you are. Into, yeah, where I am right now. And so a lot of my equipment I'll end up giving away to my students and kind of just keeping that tradition, you know, sparking the next, you know, Eli Infante. you know, who knows what's going to happen to my student, you know, a year from, two from now. Will she, you know, outdo me? I always get mad at her. I was like, you better not outdo me, okay? <laughs> All the stuff I'm teaching you, you can't be better than me. No, I'm just messing with her. I just messed with her, but yeah. So that would be one of the the, the, the stories that's kind of stuck with me is is wow. just you know passing on the, the generosity and the, the humbleness from that the doctor that uh, gave me my first camera.
0: But it's amazing that you not only you know kind of experience this but also you just try and do the same thing which is i think amazing mm-hmm. and and i also think and i don't want to go into like pandemic and all this stuff but um i i deeply believe that photography for many many people these days is some kind of like a how i can describe this um, you know, they can release the stress. It's like a, it's something which really helps them with the mental states. I I, yes. I I just want to share one story with you very briefly. I had mm-hmm. some workshops, um, you know, before the, even though it was before pandemic, and I had mm-hmm. one gentleman who told me that, you know, he's a CEO in one of the, you know, biggest uh, corporations in the United States. And, you know, he's so stressed, he's so you know like he's got a depression there's always this pressure in work so he Mm kind of started basically taking photograph of his friends and then because that gave him this kind of release of this this depression and also he told me when you photograph something or someone you you kind of have to get in completely different relationship with with your subject right and that's what makes him kind of kind of having believing back in people because in the corporate world it's always like you know cutthroat you know everyone is enemy you have to just kind of look after yourself Mm -hmm. and that's why he wanted to do photography because it was for him like a therapeutic kind of like a release of of all the stress so you know what Mm -hmm. you're doing with giving event to students and then you know i work also with a lot of young people and amount of depression and amount of pressure they're getting, you know, it, it's just crazy. And I think photography could be some kind of like, as I said, like a therapeutic, um, even like a therapy for some of mm-hmm. them to kind of get Absolutely. them out of this this state. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So kind of speaking of that, so kind of let's let's kind of I'm gonna kind of dive a little bit deeper into your education. Um, and and mm-hmm. so if you could just explain to me and then just kind of share a little bit. So, like, I know you're a teacher and you've been doing this for a living, but also you not only teach, let's say, you know, at school, but you're pushing a lot of lot of knowledge to the world, right? And because we're living in the world where there's no borders, especially online, I found, you know, we can reach thousands and thousands of people and we can take, like, all this entire <laughs> industry to the next level because everyone has access to it, right? So, what makes you decide and you know to share your knowledge and we have as i said a little bit of conversation prior that you know 10 years or even 15 years ago you know mm-hmm. to even get anybody to tell you anything was literally impossible yes. right and people were very mm-hmm. protective of, of the work they were really like you know what i'm not going to share anything uh, you have to not even pay for this but they wouldn't even consider that for most part so what was your kind of like a transition and saying because it seems like based on your youtube videos and everything what i'm following like you have Mm -hmm. no limits when it comes oh i'm gonna tell you just this much and then i'm not gonna tell you more You, you 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 it seems like you're just full on and okay this is what i've done this is how i got it this is all the steps this is all the information and um, you have literally no any kind of like uh, boundaries with, with sharing your knowledge. So how did you even get to this? If you could just kind of tell me a little bit?
1: So it kind of I think it started around two or three years ago. I was watching a video by Peter McKinnon, and this is before Peter McKinnon on YouTube blew up. Mm-hmm. This is when I think he had like a hundred thousand subscribers. But somebody had asked him the same question. It's like, Peter, why are you just giving away so much of this content away for free? Mm -hmm. And he said something that I'll never forget. And basically what he said is that if he doesn't make this content, somebody else will. Mm -hmm. So why am I going to hold all of this secret content? Somebody else on YouTube is going to end up making that video. So why am I going to just hide all this content? You know, nowadays, everything with TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Everybody's sharing all of this free content. And even if I share this free content, it's not like ev- people are going to, their work's going to look exactly like mine. Mm-hmm. There's so many different factors that go into the final outcome of the photograph the styling, the makeup, the background choice. There's so many different variables that go into it that even though I share the exact formula and the recipe, it's Not going to look like mine either way, you know. Yeah. So, I have no problem sharing with you know any of my process, and I've been doing that for the past 11 years, anyways. It's like if my student comes and asks me the, a, a question on how I'm capturing a photograph, I'm not going to tell my student, yeah. hey, I'm not going to help you. Sorry, Sorry, you buddy. Have to figure it out on your own, you know, <laughs> Come on. you know. So, I'm kind of just used to always helping, regardless, yeah. you know. And so, yeah, well,
0: I think it's amazing that we kind of got to this point, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, I think, and then also like, I see what is amazing. And then I, I want to add what you just say, have said that, you know, I might take your recipe at something kind of from my kind of like, you know, bucket and create something mm-hmm. new. <laughs> And so it seems like this knowledge is not only shared, but it's like we we all constantly improving some of those things, exactly. right? And you we can reach
1: exactly.
0: much quicker to you know kind of different level of photography because you don't have to be stuck at something, you know. And then like okay, I don't know how to do it. I need to let's say six months to figure this whole thing out. You can have a recipe, and now okay, I'm gonna add something um, mine and and create. So so I think that's we and. I deeply believe, and I always say this to all the students, what I've been I'm teaching, that they live in an amazing world where you know yes. pretty much everything is accessible for free. Like you don't have to go to photography schools, you don't have to buy some super expensive courses. Um, you have to just a little bit of time, dig into the YouTube or you know any other platforms, and and then you can find pretty much um, anything. So so I think that's 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 well amazing times those kids can really kind of tap into those things okay so you have said about peter mckinnon and on social media so i want to just tap into this for a second because it seems like the social media nowadays is a big part of our life and big part of Mm -hmm. our photography and that's how we spread you know like our work we spread you know our knowledge it's 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 gives us the access to pretty much the entire world and you know to millions and millions of people. So could you tell me what's, in your opinion, pros and cons of social media? And I'd like to kind of explore this because there's some, I'm sure there's some positive stuff what I have said, but there's also a lot of negative stuff which are Mm -hmm. happening constantly. So what's your take on this?
1: So the positives of social media is that you can grow your following and help out people all across the world. I just did a summer workshop last summer Mm -hmm. And most of the people in all of the cities sold out, most of the people found out about me because of YouTube and social media. Mm -hmm. Without social media, how am I going to go to New York and then have a following so that people can attend or go to Dallas or go to Chicago or Los Angeles? So I think it's a fantastic way to help people all across the world, but also just network. I mean, I've had so many opportunities to do presentations Mm -hmm. um, for photo conventions with Westcott, and there's just so many opportunities with social media. Now, the downside to social media is, and I've just been thinking about this lately, is that you can waste a lot of time on social media just scrolling Mm -hmm. and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, especially on YouTube, because I, I found myself on YouTube a lot, watching videos, thinking that I was learning a lot of content. But I, was, I just had this conversation with my friend Marco, is that you can watch a bunch of videos. You can sit there all day and watch mm-hmm. videos and think like you're learning stuff. It's not until you get off your butt and actually yeah. practice it. Because I learn more, and the way my brain works is that it'll process more if I'm actually practicing it and actually making those mistakes. Because if you're watching a bunch of videos, and you're not applying that knowledge, you really didn't learn anything. Yes. You're just thinking you learned something. Yeah. Now, another downside of social media is you can get into this consumption mode where you're just consuming a bunch of content on Instagram or YouTube, and it might have a negative effect And you start comparing yourself to other people's work and then worried about the social media likes and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. So I find myself trying to not be on social media as much, Sometimes I feel bad because I, I have a lot of people comment on my Instagram photos. And I tell my friend Mark all the time. I was like, dude, I feel bad because I post the photo. They always comment. But then having to reply to everybody, you know. Yeah. Uh, like That's saying, time earlier, consuming. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's time consuming. And, and, you know, I'm very busy. You know, I have a full-time job. I have my girlfriend. I got to make time for my family. And then plus trying to make time to make YouTube content and trying to keep up with everything. It, it's, it's a lot of work. And so mental health-wise, sometimes it's good to just take a break. Um, mm-hmm. from social media you, you, you kind of have to um, schedule certain time for, for mm-hmm. social media and that's the way I do it mm-hmm. if I'm going to reply to comments you know from YouTube or Instagram I usually a lot like maybe 10 minutes put a timer 10 minutes boom 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 try to get through as many comments mm-hmm. as I can boom boom, boom 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 and after that that's it done mm-hmm. and then got to move on to what else I got to get done because mm-hmm. if not I'll be on there for like two or three hours and I'm just wasted a bunch of time. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I think finding balance is the hardest part. I hundred mm-hmm. percent agree because, it, and from one hand, you feel guilty, like oh, I didn't respond to this person, right? And you just like, okay, mm-hmm. this might be some, I don't know, important thing. And yeah, I, I, I and I think being a photographer twenty four hours days is like a fraction what we really need, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, on the top of that, what I really agree with you that what you have said, and I just want to repeat this because I think this is really extremely point that just watching and learning from social media is the one thing, but nothing's going to replace uh, practicing, right? Like, I think there's this, this exactly. quote, right? Like, if you get the new camera, you know, you have to put it in work to just see what really you can do with it, right? If you just buy a exactly. new camera, it's going to just make you a guy with a new camera. That's it. There's, there's no exactly. more on the top of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, So let's talk exactly. about... Well, I don't want to dive in too much into it, about some other negative stuff. Like, I want to talk a little bit about how you're dealing with, you know, the hate speech and stuff like that. I don't want to just go too much about it. but um, So I'm running this My Group um, on on, on Facebook. And um, I have a, I don't want to say hard time, but it seems there is so much negativity, right, Um, Mm -hmm. amongst people. And... Um, it's for me also seems like there is a lot of people who don't know how to, um, I don't know, just cons- give someone constructive criticism about certain photos because we are all on the same. Well, we all, I think, at different levels. Right. And I don't mm-hmm. believe that someone is doing photographs, you know, just just to get the bad results. They're trying to do their best. They try to showcase and they try to get some feedback. But it seems like I found. A lot of these people, they just jump on the person and try to, like, you know, take you down. Like, you know, you shouldn't <laughs> you shouldn't skip this whole yes. thing. You shouldn't. Um, so so how you deal with this stuff, because I'm guessing you have also really big social media and i'm sure there's mm-hmm. some you know fights and some situations where oh, yeah. getting out of control uh,
1: right. i have a youtube channel so i know okay. how crazy people on youtube can be i remember one time somebody said i move my hands too much in the video oh my gosh staple my hands to the table okay <laughs> and so honestly when, when it comes to like hate comments whether it's on instagram or youtube my my thing is, is either just immediately block them. I, I never acknowledge them. I think that's the worst thing that mm-hmm. you can do. I see a lot of people will will screenshot what somebody said, and then they'll put it on their stories and say, like, oh, look at what this person did to me. And i like, you know you're just giving them the attention that they wanted. Yeah. Just immediately just block them mm-hmm. and delete the comment. I don't acknowledge them at all. Um, the same thing on Instagram. If I get any kind of negative feedback, I immediately just delete it. And it's what I tell my students all the time with this whole, like you said, this hate speech and this cyberbullying now with social media. I tell them all the time, don't ever acknowledge them. Immediately block them. Just delete the comment. Um, I don't got time for that um, mm-hmm. on social media. So that's the way I approach it, okay. is, um, is doing that, man. Yeah. It's, it's. I haven't had something too bad lately. Okay. <laughs> but uh, they'll, they'll pop in every once yeah, in yeah. a while. And I know what you're talking about with the Facebook groups, you know, there, there's yeah, always yeah. these photographers that, you know, they're, they're new into photography and then you have these photographers that, you know, maybe think they know it all and then they start bashing like a beginner who's, you know, just simply just trying and they're doing something wrong Yeah. and they just completely attack them and I think that's one of the the, the things that I don't like about the uh, photography industry is, is, mm-hmm. is that. That kind of those kind of remarks, or just bashing other photography companies too. I think sometimes people use like a certain brand, mm-hmm. whether it's lighting or a camera, and they just immediately bash that camera or bash mm-hmm. that uh, lighting company or whatever it is, and it's just mm-hmm. kind of like the I don't I don't I don't understand it. I really don't. Yeah.
0: Well, I think it's just uh, people sometimes have a miserable lives, right? And they try to yes. find something or someone to just dump all this, you know, kind of own frustration, I think. But I 100% agree with you what you have said. That And I do this the same if I see someone kind of starting going after me and trying to kind of... You know, like, I, I think it's a different story when someone critiques you because, you know, they certain things would be improved, whatever, in their opinion... But they never have done something like this, so it's kind of hard to say for them, okay, this is possible or whatever, right? But if someone's just like, oh, this is, is," you know, kind of going straight to the bottom and try to, like, you know, shoot you down without any argument, just they hate you or what you do. That's completely a different story, and I think these people shouldn't be blocked automatically without even having mm-hmm. a discussion. Okay, so let's move on and tell me what is your ultimate goal with, with your with your career, your photography like what's what's you let's say in ten years? where you want to be with with yeah. what you do?
1: Oh man, that's a fantastic question. Ten years from now, I definitely want to progress more in my studio work. Mm-hmm. i I just had this conversation yesterday with my friend Marco. We were having lunch together, and I was telling him how how much we've, you know, grown in our in our studio work within just the past year. Starting from like, man, I'm telling you, if we look at my old work at studio, <laughs> it was just like it was it was pretty funny. And now I'm slowly finding my style. Mm-hmm. And I think that with my photography in the ten years from now. I really want to have like this bold look that not every photographer can achieve. Because if you look at somebody like Lindsay Adler, Mm -hmm. there's like a certain attention to detail that the top photographers have. Mm -hmm. It might be the styling, it might be the makeup or the hair, but there's always this certain quality that they have that that's what I'm slowly trying to get towards, is get that bold look that not every person can get. Because I think we talked about this earlier with the high speed scene Mm -hmm. outdoors. Is that I think that that's what a lot of people, that's the easy thing to do. Everybody can do that. Mm -hmm. But I'm trying to find an avenue in a way where, okay, what can I do with my work so that it can stand out? And that when people look at it, they're like, wow, there's a lot of attention to detail in that work. And I think that that's the emphasis that I've been placing in my work lately is where is the wow factor in that final shot? Can't always achieve it all the time. I wish I could. Well, it's
0: like a, a viral feature. content, right? You, you, you yeah. trying your best, and at some point you kind of hit this like you know jackpot, right? But it takes yeah, yeah, takes yeah. practice and time but, to but, get but it's, there.
1: It's hard to to pay attention to all those details because you know as a full time teacher, I don't have a lot of time to really plan out my shoots as much as I would want. Or at least not all the time. I have a couple of photo shoots I'm super excited for. Mm-hmm. There's one I've been working on for a couple of months. We have this cool wardrobe. And uh, I have another one that's kind of like this retro car that I've been planning out. But, mm-hmm. you know, but if I had more time, oh, man, I would love to just really just put a little bit more effort into, into the final details. And another thing, 10 years from now, I would love to be just doing more photo workshops, mm-hmm. um, traveling more. Um, this year, I've been really bummed because I've been asked to do a lot of presentations mm-hmm. all across the United States that I've had to decline, unfortunately. You know, just due to mental health, you know, like I, I have to make time for my full-time job, my family, mm-hmm. my girlfriend. And as much as I want to be able to travel and do all of these photo conventions, um, I've had to say no to a lot of them, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So hopefully 10 years from now, who knows? Maybe I'll be full-time photographer. I haven't decided if, you know, maybe I stop teaching and I go full-time photography. Mm-hmm. So 10 years from now, who knows? You know, if I'm making enough money... You know, so that'll open up the door to be able to travel more and absolutely be able to create more content. Yeah. So, but it's we'll also see, cool that you have this happens. whole kind
0: of foundation of teaching, right? You can just transition this not only to school, but also you can push it, you know, directly to photographers, so absolutely. you know how to really kind of convert this. So, tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about like I'm gonna again switch the gears a little bit. I have a couple more mm-hmm. questions to you. Um, because you said about, you know, kind of all this balancing and stuff. I, I know this whole thing is kind of controversial, but I want to jump into this a little bit because this is one of the most, I don't know, requested questions I've been receiving. How this whole pandemic... Um, impact your work, your business, and the way you look at photography. Because I know the last couple of years, since this whole thing started, I don't know. I think each country, each each region, every place is different. Um, but how you kind of like w- how you were dealing with this whole thing? How this whole thing changed
1: what you do? So for me, it actually worked out good for me because mm-hmm. uh, as a full-time teacher, I was just working from home. Mm-hmm. And when the pandemic started right after spring break, we never went back. Mm-hmm. We had the end of March, April, and May. So I was working from home. Okay. And it actually opened up the doors for me through YouTube. I started making a, a lot of YouTube content. I couldn't go out and shoot. So I started making a lot of YouTube videos. I was making three, maybe four videos a month. Mm -hmm. and that's what kind of jump-started my YouTube channel and I started really just pumping out a lot of content and it really just got me thinking much differently now that we couldn't really shoot and I know it was almost like if I didn't have the YouTube stuff I think I would have gone through like a photography depression I know me Mm -hmm. and my friends were like man, we haven't shot like in a month We, we don't have any new work and what's going on here so for me it actually... And this story is probably going to be different for a lot of people. I was yeah. talking to a photographer uh, from Corpus Christi that's from my area, and he said that he, he lost a lot of money because mm-hmm. a lot of his clientele was from high school seniors mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of, like, um, the yearbook photos. And so that's it gone, hit yeah. him really hard. But for me, because, you know, I had a full-time job, I was very fortunate Um and it, uh, like I said, it jump started a lot of my YouTube stuff and it mm-hmm. kind of showed me, I was like, man, if I had more time, um, I could really push out a lot more YouTube content.
0: Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. So my final question to you mm-hmm. is what would be advice, your advice, I don't know, you can just come up with, I don't know, a couple, couple ones uh, mm-hmm. for starting photographer, someone who like, you know, I want to be, and I know this is, kind of trendy nowadays. Oh, I want to be a photographer. Um, but you as an educator and teacher, um, what would you say to someone like that who's starting off and what kind of the first advice you would you, you would give it to them?
1: I would say work on your social skills. Learn how to network with people. I, I'm telling my senior that wants to be a photographer, learn the business skills as well. It's, it's not so much... Yes, it's important to be able to be a great photographer and take good portraits, but also have good social skills to make people feel good at at the photo shoot, you know, so that they can refer you to other clientele. Um, It's super important to make your clients happy or just the people around you. And um, like I said earlier, that in order for your work to evolve, like I've been very fortunate that my work's been able to evolve because I have friends that have been able to help me with getting the studio, or people like people like stylists that have been able to style some of my shoots. And there's a lot more that goes into photography outside of just you know getting great portraits, you know. And like we were talking about earlier, spend a lot of time practicing and shooting. Uh, don't get into consumption mode. Watching a lot of videos on YouTube, yes, watch them. I'm not saying that they're not bad. Watch them, but make sure that you're watching them, and then practicing and applying what you just watched because mm-hmm. if you're not doing that your uh, growth is going to take a lot longer than if you are just watching stuff and sitting at home watching 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 so absolutely
0: yeah. okay thank you life for this i think great interview and um, thank mm-hmm. you for your time i'll tag all your you know kind of youtube channels and all of your social media so people can find you i i have to say that if you didn't check what you're doing, I, I think everyone should check it because uh, your work is is truly um, amazing, and I think everyone should look into this. And if you want to learn something, I think they should check and follow your um, YouTube channel because you, as you said, you're pumping a lot of lot of amazing content, so people can okay. um, learn from from you, including myself. You are I have this ring bell turn on on whenever <laughs> your video is coming up because I want to see what you're up to. Um, so yeah, thank you again. I think at some point I would love to do this again. Um, Absolutely, because I I think you have you I think you you have really really huge impact on this industry, and um, I think I, I even for YouTube. You know, I can see this um, amazing personality that it's just kind of like magnetic that, you know, like someone who'd like, you know, who say they don't like you. I don't think that they have, have, to have <laughs> their mental check or something to do because, um, yeah, it, it's pretty, pretty amazing. So thank you again. Um, thank you for your mm-hmm. time. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely keep in touch. Yes. All right.
1: Thank okay. you for having me, man. That was a, it was a great time uh, talking. Thank you.